Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, Pels fans. Today's episode of The Bird Calls is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in sportsdrink but without the vowels. That's S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. You are listening to The Bird Calls on the Sports Drink Network. For more on your Pelicans, go to iTunes, search The Bird Calls, and subscribe today. of the bird calls i am your host david grubb and joining me is our usual cast of characters uh <laughs> kevin barrios david fisher and i'm laughing because he changed his name on our screen to eric gordon but it's uh our editor-in-chief at the bird rights ali cosell gentlemen I, welcome. I only did that because i know chris would appreciate it chris connor yes would would i don't know would, who that is fish doesn't appreciate it i know that yeah i was getting berated 30 seconds in man i'm gonna come and burn your house down and all sorts of good stuff i think fish is gonna set fire to half of new orleans if eric gordon shows up no just griff's house (laughs) (laughs) you can't find his lair you can't find his lair is it the stone that he hides under fbi i was never here <laughs> you don't know Griff. He doesn't live with people. Uh, now we're gonna hit, gonna hit with defamation suits because we said he was a lizard on rate on the uh, podcast. We will end up getting sued. The yeah, bird rights. Sue the bird rights. Not David Grubb. Sue the bird rights. Don't sue me. I don't have nothing. Um, but the reason we're having this podcast is because we're about a week away, less than a week away now. Uh, from the trade deadline, there is a lot of pressure on the New Orleans Pelicans to do something. Uh, we uh, have already run through the major uh, trade options, and those really haven't changed uh, over the past week. CJ McCollum, De'Aaron Fox as lead guards being the, the peak items of interest. This week, we're going to go in some of the lesser deals. Um, for players that you know are not all stars per se, but could be good additions to this team um, for now, or for potentially for multiple years down the road. But I think the the focus here that we want you to remember while you hear these is that none of these are with the intent of chasing the play in. This is about making the team better, and that's the byproduct here. Um, the play in would be something that would you would hopefully get from these deals, but you are not mortgaging anything in order to chase the play in this year. What you are doing with these is either creating a short-term flexibility to do something bigger in the offseason, or the, the benefit is you're doing something that creates long-term improvement for this team. Uh, is that how you would characterize it, gentlemen? Yeah. All right. What, what I'm planning, absolutely. Yes. All right, so... Fish, because you were not with us the last time, I am going to cede the floor to you first. Um, and and you also have probably been the most active in your mind of all the things that you would do to this team, um, kind of like R. Kelly passing by um, a middle school. So what you got? <laughs> well, my, I, I will ask to the group, um, is Colin Sexton a big trade or a little trade? Uh, I would put it in this category just because he's not really going to help you. He's not going to help you this year. So, like, I think that's fine to talk about him. 
right? Yeah, and he's, again, not an all-star, um, not someone that you would have to necessarily mortgage your future to get. Um, he's, you know, there are, we know that there are issues with him that come along with him. Uh, and the cost, I think, financially um, doesn't, isn't necessarily prohibitive here. So, yeah, I think it qualifies. All right. So um, I, I wrote a piece actually um, two nights ago um, regarding this one. I think um, we, we put it up on the site yesterday. But the, the guy I would chase is Colin Sexton. And like you had let in, it's a um, it, it's a move that is is forward facing. You're looking beyond just this season. Um, the reason um, I I believe that the Cavs would be interested is one. I don't think that the Cavs want to pay Colin Sexton. Um, they've seen you know Darius Garland has taken a massive leap forward. Um, he was selected as a reserve All Star um, earlier this evening um, as their point guard. Um, they are deep within the Eastern Conference playoff hunt right now. Um, they're within, I want to say, two games of the number one seed in the East um, because pretty much the top five or six teams in the East are all within like two and a half games. And they desperately need more guards, more shot creation. And I think that there, there's a there's a way to get there that makes sense for the Pelicans in the long term and also for the Cavs, both in the short term and the long term. So um, this trade would be, you would send um, Devontae Graham. And on the piece, I wrote Najee Marshall. Some of the Cavs um, fans pushed back on it a little bit that that wasn't enough for them. Um, so we'll do Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who would also fit in this trade. And um, the Pelicans 2023 um, first round pick. Um, that's a pick that they could trade and say it's it's going to be, you know, top five protected or something like that. And then if it doesn't convey for whatever reason, we can roll it over to 2024 and you'll get either our pick or the Los Angeles Lakers pick. And you could craft the protections on that pick however you'd like. Um, and the Pelicans in return would receive Colin Sexton and Ed Davis just because they need to send both of those guys to match the incoming salary of Devontae Um so, like I said, the Cavs do this because they're getting two guys that can contribute now for them in Devontae Graham, who immediately slides into a role he's more suited for, and we all believe that, as a sixth-man gunner coming off the bench. Um, they get a young project, high-volume, low-IQ guard in Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who hasn't necessarily panned out, um, but would have a lot less pressure on himself in the, in the situation that Cleveland would put him in. And they're also getting a first round pick, a bona fide first round pick. It's not something that's going to convert into two seconds or it's never going to be in the lottery or something like that. They're, they're getting a bona fide first round pick. And essentially this is an early sign and trade for the Cavs where they're sending over Colin Sexton before he signed his new contract, but right before he's um, approaching restricted free agency. And the reason the Pelicans do it is because they think, Colin Sexton would be a great fit um, with this roster. He fits age-wise. Um, he's He'd be 23 in the summer, which fits right in with Herb Jones, um, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram. Um, he's, it, it, you know, if you talk about De'Aaron Fox, the concern is, is he's not much of a shooter. Colin Sexton has been a, a pretty consistent, good shooter behind the arc in his career. And um, but he doesn't come with necessarily the baggage in terms of the difficulty in mal matching salary that you would have when you trade for a CJ McCollum or just the sheer volume of assets that we think that Portland or Sacramento would be looking for for their guards. So that, that's the deal that I would do. All right, I'm Ali. I will give you first response. I'm a fan of Colin Sexton the player. Um, and, and I started an article over the summer, but I never finished it, but I did, I got as far as comparing him in his first three years to a lot of other good shooting guards and actually two targets that have been in David Griffin's eyes previously or now. And that's CJ McCollum and Bradley Beal. And guess what? He was better as a rookie than both of those guys, second year and third year. So his tra trajectory as, as just strictly as an offensive player is higher. It's better. And it's exactly really what the Pelicans need, right? They need a guy that can score from every single level, can get his shot, 
and can just be that dynamite out there when you need somebody to score you eight, 10 points in a row because the rest of the guys are struggling. So I love him. I really do. And But the knock on him, of course, is defensively. And that was an issue over summer, and that's why I didn't finish it. I talked to some people, and they said, it's highly unlikely that the Pels would ever be interested because they want to change the culture, add defense. Well, now what? They've got some players that can play defense, specifically Herb Jones. So it seems a lot more viable now. As yeah. far as Fish's plan, I mean, you know how I feel. We talked about it in our <laughs> chat. I'm just not a fan of uh, Gary Harris coming over in any kind of deal um, because I just don't trust him. I just think he's making too much money. And then if you want to resign him, say he finishes off the year decently, then what do you do? So I, I don't know. I just think there's better options. But as far as Sexton alone, I do. I like it. The only thing is, here's the hiccup that we need to mention. Would the Pelicans and David Griffin specifically be interested in making a deal for a player that's not going to be ready till next year? And I kind of got the feeling, and now we're seeing some of these names, right? Yesterday come out, Buddy Heald, uh, Harrison Barnes, Robert Covington. That signals to me that they not only want to have like tradable assets for the future, but they want some help now. So I, I have a tough time believing that Griff would trade for a guy just to basically not see him play until next year. Kevin, before I, I give it over to you, just to remind uh, folks about Colin Sexton before he got hurt, this is a guy who is a 39% career three-point shooter on four attempts per game, um, shot it well inside uh, the arc, 83% from the free throw line on pl- more than four attempts per game from there as well. And uh, assisted turnover, that's where he had some problems there. He's not a point guard. That That's what you have to understand is he's not going to be your point guard. He is a small scoring guard, but he can score efficiently and effectively. Um, Kevin, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I like Colin Sexton. I, I think we're all kind of in the school of no small guards, but at even at his height, his wingspan is is uh, pretty big. It's like 6'7", correct, Fish? Isn't that right? Um, yeah, just over 6'7". Yeah, and then also he just plays bigger than he is, and, I you know, he plays with a lot of intensity, plays with a lot of heart. I think he would fit the culture of this team very well, even if, you know – he does have a little bit of maybe uh, try to get his own a little bit too much, but I think part of that was because he was on a bad team and who else was going to mm-hmm. score. Um, so I trust that he would adjust, especially, you know, he'll be playing with some old teammates. If, if this was the deal that would be made, you know, Herb Jones would be here. Kyra Lewis would be here. These are guys that he played with in college. So I think they would help him uh, fit into the culture as well. Um, like I said, I like him in the vacuum. One thing that I don't like about this trade, and I wouldn't be mad if this trade was made, it would just be another trade where it feels like David Griffin is correcting a mistake from the previous offseason. Uh, you know, it's again another first round pick going out to replace Devontae Graham, who was the the guy that he brought in this summer. You know, I mean, obviously I know Jonas Valanciunas was tied into that and that was highly praised, but, um, and I, I liked the acquisition of Devonte Graham, but I also said it was too expensive. Uh, you know, again, it was making up, uh, for it's the wrong role for the wrong price. Yeah. Right. And also like paying too much when you look at what you got for Lonzo ball, you know, you should have had Chicago send a first round pick to Charlotte for that or some, you know, whatever. Well, I'm not going to rehash all that, but it just feels like, making up for past mistakes. That being said, I like Colin Sexton. I don't, I agree with Ollie though. I don't see this front office going with this because they are definitely operating with trying to catch a big fish, which we see saw last season. And we all kind of know how that works uh, here. And especially with this front office, they haven't really been able to pull that off. Um, But I think they'll definitely try um, so I don't think Sexton is really on their radar. I think he would have been if he hadn't gotten hurt for sure. And we knew that he was very gettable at the beginning of the season. It was clear that the Cavs wanted to move on from him. Um, and I agree with you too, Grub. I mean, you don't think of him as a point guard, uh, like a a real true point guard. So that still doesn't answer the biggest question. But again, you know, just adding to that guard rotation is very important. Um, so. I like the what, trade, but I, you know, in a vacuum, but I just feel like it's not going to be one that happens. And I feel like, again, you know, just correcting a past mistake. 
like a healthy Colin Sexton to me is giving you the best of both Nikhil and Devontae. Yeah. Because for sure. he's going to knock down the outside shot, but he's also going to attack the rim. Yeah, so and he's the things screens and he's going to play solid one-on-one defense. Right. So yeah, like you uh, it is that feeling of you're correcting multiple mistakes really because there at at some point and I understand, you know, people are attached to Nikhil. Um because you see flashes, but those mm-hmm. flashes have gotten farther and farther apart. Um, you don't see, like, I, Ali and I, I think we were talking about this. I, I don't know the last time he took more than 10 shots where he didn't miss more than 10 shots. You know what I mean? Like, if he shoots mm-hmm. 15, he probably went five for 15. It, it just, it, or it just, worse. yeah, it just, nothing feels good about watching him play. I mean, he airballed the damn finger roll. It's, yeah. it just, it feels broken. And so, it's not just replacing one because then you have Devonte who is shooting below 28% on his threes the last month. It's, it's gotten bad for him. He's not producing like, you know, we can't keep in my mind overlooking everything else because he hits a couple of big shots late. It's mm-hmm. you, you got there for the three quarters, man. And um, so, yeah, both of them, at this point, it just feels you've got to do something about one or both because you can't have the two of them combining for 50 plus minutes a night and missing as many shots as they miss. Yeah, let's. Yeah, I'm just going to say this real quick because I wrote in the article. I'm sure not everybody read it, but Pelicans guards, they rank last in the league um, in field goal percentage and next to last in three point percentage. And they're pitiful in points, free throw attempts, assists, you name it. Everywhere you look, it's it's lame, right? It's terrible. It needs a major upgrade. So that's why we want to swing for, you know, big fish. And that's why the Pelicans are, obviously. But looking at, like, Sexton, it makes all the sense in the world because your chances are, I mean, especially before this trade deadline, it's highly unlikely that you got to think C.J. McCollum, Darren Fox, one of those two is going to end up here. Not – yeah, I just – as we said in the last one, if people missed it, they want all-stars or – enough high level draft picks to make it worth it. And the Pelicans don't have players right now that you put out there other than Josh Hart and Jonas Valanciunas. Those are the only players that other teams are coveting at this moment. And that is really hard to get an all-star level player to get a Bradley Beal, to get a CJ McCollum, to get a De'Aaron Fox when all you have to offer is Josh Hart and Jonas Valanciunas. And if you give either one of them away, you haven't necessarily made your team better in exchange. Yeah. And I would, I would say, would I do this trade? Yes, I would. But do I think that the Pelicans will do this trade? No, I don't. Mm -hmm. That's very fair. I agree. Yeah. All right, Kevin, you have the floor, sir. Okay. So, I mean, going back to our first pod of this season, we've said that guard is our biggest concern, especially me and you grub. I remember us talking about that in length in the, in the first pod that we did this uh, before the season even started. But unfortunately I don't see a real path to getting a solid um, point guard. So I didn't really focus on that uh, as much as I would like. I just don't see a really good option out there. So this trade isn't very sexy, but I think, it is something that could help the team and could possibly help them into the future. Um, so it's also somewhat correcting in a past mistake. Cause I think a lot of us felt like if Lonzo ball was being traded to the Suns in a sign and trade, what coming a part that should have been coming back should have been uh bad young. Um, so what I'm doing is I'm sending Sadoransky, Nikhil Alexander Walker, two seconds, a pick swap and some cash to the Spurs for Thad Young and Lonnie Walker. I like Lonnie Walker and I like Nikhil Alexander Walker. Neither of them have lived up to their potential on their team. What, what they thought they were going to be on the team that drafted them. I think they're kind of guys that might need a change of scenery to have uh, a a chance to bloom somewhere else. Um, So like swap the young guards, we get something with Lonnie Walker that we didn't have with Nikhil Alexander Walker. Maybe we have some more consistency. Uh, we have a little bit more athleticism for sure, which is something we need in in the backcourt. Um, 
And Lonnie Walker is a solid defender. He's a solid ball handler and okay playmaker, but I don't feel like he'll feel the need to be that guy that Nikhil feels like he has to be when he's on the court. I think he'd be more of a like fit in guy, fit into a role kind of guy. And which is maybe what we need, especially as we've seen, Nikhil hasn't been able to handle that role. Um, And then for Thad Young, you know, we get, a really versatile defender, another adult in the room that not only can provide leadership, but can actually play basketball and uh, fills in some solid needs. You know, you, you can go small with him at the five. You can play the four. You can even play the three a little bit. Um, so that's my trade. And really, you're only giving up a couple of seconds, some cash to help uh, the Spurs with their buyout, which they were going to buy out that young anyway, most likely. Um, but Sadoransky's contract's a little bit cheaper. And then, uh, you know, like a pick swap for the trouble of getting the better player and Thad Young out of it. Um, so that's my trade. I don't know what you guys think about that, but uh, fire away. Holly. I like Thad Young. I think he'd be a perfect bet. And I know that Grub, myself, and several, the rest of us have lamented the fact there hasn't been a real guy that can play three, four, five. That's kind of a bruiser, but just a pro. And on this team, ever since David Griffin's taken over, we had James Johnson just for a little bit. But other than that, zilch. So I would love Thad Young. I, I think he's probably still got something to give because I think he's, what, about 32, 33, 34, something along those lines. He's just not getting playing time in San Antonio. But I think that he could help a team like New Orleans, um, especially if they were to move off of Jackson Hayes. Uh, and you would have a need for a four. And say Zion doesn't come back and you still – kind of want to at least maybe make the playing term. And I think, yeah, Thad Young is a guy. Lonnie Walker, I wish I was higher on him, but I guess, yeah. I mean, if you're, what, Kevin, you said you're trading the keel, then, then I guess yeah. you're gambling. Lonnie maybe, you know, figures it out um, for you. Because what is he, in his third season, I want to say? Third, fourth season, something like that. Yeah, he's got and one yeah, year left season. in his rookie deal. Um, so he's like one season longer than Nikhil. I got gotcha. um, Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I've watched him play, and it seems like when I watch him play, he's good. You know, I see him run the floor in transition. I see him make the outside shot. I mean, nothing's really, you know, stands out negative about his game to me. So I wouldn't mind this deal at all because you're not giving up hardly anything here. Fish? Uh, I mean, he uh... – <laughs> so, um, like, a little correction here. So he's actually in his fourth year. So he's right. um, approaching restricted free agency this year. Okay. Um, yeah, so you need to re sign. Um. Uh. The so so really you're 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 trading Nikhil to get the chance to re-sign Lonnie, right. um, and then you're also getting um, Thad Young, who's really just a short-term thing because I'm pretty sure he's approaching unrestricted free agency this summer. Right. But that Thad Young, I mean, that was the guy that I wanted if. In, in the in the sign and trade back in August, and it's mm-hmm. a, a front office um, malfunction that somehow he didn't end up in New Orleans. And I think part of that, honestly, is just the fact that they were in love with Garrett Temple for some reason. And the other part of that is that they thought that Jackson Hayes needed enough runway to get minutes. Um, so so I like it. Um, is it is it a trade I can see the Pelicans doing? No. Not at all. Um, just because I, I, I honestly, I'm worried that they are buying too much into um, Jackson's recent hot streak and not seeing, you know, all of all of the negative stuff essentially that's still happening because he's able to be efficient because he's pretty much just standing in the dunker spot and finishing. Um, so, I mean, it, it's a good trade. I'd like I, I'd like that trade, but I don't think the Pelicans are going to do it. Um, I mean, you know, like you said, I, I'm a fan of Thad Young. I, I'm, I agree though with Fish that ultimately, you know, that's the that's the most difficult, I think, and frustrating part of when we do these types of things is that we're proposing common sense basketball deals, and and we did that in the off season as well. We said, look, you're not going to get, you're not going to get uh, Kyle Lowry, you're not going to get Chris Paul, so let's try to make a move that's realistic. And, you know, that didn't happen. And that's that's the fear I have, again, is that there are moves that the Pelicans can make. And this would be one of them in getting Thad Young. You know, like you said, you're playing much of a more of a risk with Lonnie Walker. 
but you, 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 it can't be any worse. That, like, that's the thing is it can't get any worse than what's going on now in your backcourt. But you get a dependable big, which you really need, um, and a guy who can, when Jonas is off the floor, score on the post for you as well as pass the ball and defend and, and, and shoot them in the mid-range. So, yeah, it makes sense, but that's not the Pelicans. That's not the deals that, you know, those aren't the deals that they pursue. And so that's that's the only thing for me is, yeah, I would do it, but Dave Griffin wouldn't. Yeah, I feel that too. But, I mean, you know, in theory, you're looking at that young as maybe you you sign him and you have his bird rights. Not that you probably would need him because you can probably sign him for, you know, $5 million next year. If, if you wanted to keep him on the team, but you know, like we said, a veteran that could actually play and fit into your culture, you know, he'd be like that, um, like sort of what Jay Crowder was for the Suns in a sense, but um, you know, bigger and even more versatile. Uh, so, but I do agree. I mean, I don't think like we all know that they're swinging for the fences. So these kind of deals that could be maybe immediate upgrades, but also possibly long-term pieces or at least short, short-term enough. I mean, long-term enough that they go beyond this year are just kind of not being looked at. And I think these are the kind of deals we all think they should be looking at for right now, instead of uh, looking for a swing for the fences deals. Those need to wait till the summer, but we'll see. Um, Ollie, do you want to go last? Or do you want me to go last? I'll go last. You go ahead, man. Okay. I, I had a very simple one um, because I think it um, is something that makes sense for both teams. And it's not a, an earth shattering deal um, because I don't, again, I don't, I don't think that they would get the, the main guy, but I think if the, the Pistons make a good trade partner to me, if the Pelicans could get Corey Joseph and Josh Jackson in return. Um, Corey Joseph, the only issue for him is that he would have to waive his, You'd have to you'd have to accept the trade. He had the he has the ability to reject the trade in that deal. And if he does and comes to New Orleans, then he would the Pelicans would give up his bird rights. Um, but he and Josh Jackson both, um, you know, Corey is a very solid point guard in a place where they have a lot of guards already, um, young guards that they want to build around. And he's thirty. He's a veteran. He's been in in playoff situations with Indiana. Uh, he's played with the, you know, with solid organizations and had understands his role, which I think is something, you know, as a secondary ball handler coming off the bench or even starting in a pinch, he would be very effective. And I think Josh Jackson at seven, six, seven can be a small ball for um, kind of like a Harrison Barnes type. Um, and he's gotten much better over the last two years. His three ball has gotten a lot better. He's athletic uh, and he can handle the ball some as well. That doesn't address your big problem up front, but I think it gives you also a little bit more length and flexibility on the wings um, to replace, you know, if you do make another deal to get rid of Nikhil, you get some more length on the wing and a guy who can play the three, four for you. What are are the Pelicans giving up? You don't think you Sadoransky. I'm sorry. They would just be giving up Sadoransky's expiring deal of 10 million. So the Pistons don't have to take on any new salary. Maybe you throw in a pick to make it, make it work. Um, but I think the Pistons, you know, they're going to lose likely both of these guys um, for teams that, you know, are going to give them playing time and they could just get $10 million of salary right off their books. I mean, I, I think I've been talking about um, Joseph for a while now, just to get a, a point guard that can kind of organize things, but I think what the, the situation is going to be is the Pelicans are going to look at it and say, oh, well, Jose Alvarado is really coming on. And I'm a big Alvarado fan, um, but that's kind of how, how how the Pelicans front office seems to look at things is whenever one of their young guys starts to show flashes, then that position isn't necessarily a position of need anymore. And even though clearly this team needs, you know, somebody that can, orchestrate um they're going to look at what alvarado's doing and 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 they would turn it down so and again it's it's a good trade it's something that the pelicans should do right away but it's it's the kind of trade that the pelicans front office won't do ali yeah so i'll take the approach opposite way i did with answering kevin's in the fact that 
both these guys are on expiring deals. And I feel like the Pelicans really want to add salary to their books so that they can make a big splash or just a bigger trade this summer. And trading for those two guys doesn't help you at all. I mean, it's basically you're just helping, trying to help yourself for the rest of the season. Um, a, it'd be great if one of them really clicks and then you look to resign them. But I don't think that's the path that the Pelicans are interested in pursuing. Oh, no, I, I, I can understand that. Like, just for me, it is, it's a deal that I think gets you into the play-in mm-hmm. without giving, and all you give up is Sadoransky and maybe a second. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, in in that world, it makes sense. But I think, you know, obviously I think we all agree that the Pelicans are trying to hit a home run when I think a single or a double would do. Yeah, no, yeah. no you're not wrong to think oh, that because how much, how for how long have we lamented that there's a lack of depth? Suddenly you add two serviceable players for Willie Green to call on off the bench. I mean, I I bet you he would love that. So, yeah, no doubt there. Yeah, I mean, I'm in agreement with everyone. I think, you know, one one of the things that I've said a lot, and I mean, I know you guys agree with this, is like it's hard. You can't develop young players if you don't have a point guard. And like for this whole year until this little burst of Jose has been it has happened. We haven't had a point guard that could help our young guys even develop. I mean, you've seen not only moving Jackson Hayes to the four that that has helped him for sure. Uh, it's made his like he doesn't have to be the rim protector. It's easier to play defense at the four than it is at the five for sure. Um, but like before that, he was even looking like a competent player offensively once Alvarado came into the picture and was effective because he was setting it up, setting him up, get him in the right places and making things easier for everybody else. So, but we only have one of those guys and that one guy is, is a undrafted rookie. Uh, so we definitely need to add another one of those guys. And if you're telling me we can add another one of those guys, plus Josh for just Sadoransky, I'm all in, uh, even if it's just add a second for sure. And especially those guys are expiring. So, like, you don't need to keep them long term if you don't want or or you can. And the thing is, is like, uh, it's not so much about, I mean, I think that that would help you get into the play in, like you said, but it's really if you're if if these guys are committed to. Nikhil Alexander Walker, Trey Murphy, and um, Herb. I mean, obviously they're committed to Herb Jones and Jackson Hayes. You need that other point guard for when Alvarado isn't on the court to help those guys develop further and to help those guys develop in practice. So, I mean, from that perspective alone, it's a smart deal. Um, but I just don't know. Like, I mean, we we're saying the same thing on all of these trades because we all know that this is not the route they're going down. Um, I haven't paid much attention to uh, Josh Jackson this season, but I know he was pretty solid last year. Has he basically been playing about the same level? Yeah, it's, you know, he hasn't gotten the same amount of minutes this year, um, mm-hmm. but he's still shooting it around a similar clip. So, um, you know, it, he hasn't fallen off. And that was the thing I was worried about from, you know, last year that it would be a one-time thing for him mm-hmm. um, that he, had, you know, had a change of location um, bump, but he still seems to be he just he's just not a regular part of their rotation. Yeah, because they're kind um, of I think that's the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, David, it's, I think the answer is really simple here. If, if Jose Alvarado never emerges, then I think this deal looks much better because Corey Joseph is so solid, right? And the Pelicans need, have needed a backup point guard uh, all season up until these last couple of weeks or whatever. So yeah, I think that's where maybe the deal dies. I guess for I me, think they Josh Jackson. Still- He's a forward, right? He's six foot eight, and Cezanne comes back. But even if he doesn't, they still have plenty of guys to play the four spots that we want to see, right? You know, Herb and B.I. are going to play. Mm-hmm. We want Trey Murphy to get minutes, and that may be soon happening. So, Jackson. And he can play all make... three of those spots. He can play two, three, and four. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but he he's a gunner. Let's face it, and he's not a three point shooter. So, just. I'm just looking at it from, you know, just a bigger picture. Oh, like, but like I said, it's, it's just, to, you know, I, 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 if you wanted, if you were really trying to get the forward out of Detroit, it would be Jeremy Grant. But I don't think the Pistons are going no, to. The cost it, would be too high. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it. it just doesn't make sense. So that's, so I just think you're trying to get, it's, it's to get the salaries. It's to get a player who could be of service to you. And, and if he isn't, like I said, it's, it's, it doesn't kill you. Um, but the the thing was to get the veteran point guard because, like we said off top, there are not a lot of them available. 
there are just not a lot of veteran point guards available on the market because you have so many teams in contention. Fish, do you have anything else to add or Kevin? No, I mean, like I said, like Corey Joseph is, is, is the perfect kind of point guard that this team needs. And then uh, Josh Jackson really, it's just, I mean, it, it matches on the salary and you're sending, I mean, Detroit really, I mean, you'd send over Sadoransky in a second for him and you get those two guys back. And I think, I, I mean, I, I believe that that Detroit would probably just do something like that, especially if it's a reasonably valuable second round pick. And then it does, it improves your team right now because you're not getting anything from Sadoransky. Nothing no. at all. I wonder if you <laughs> could attach, like, just for kicks, I just want to say, I wonder if you could attach Didi to it just because Pelicans already have 15 guys. Because if you're accepting that deal, then obviously yeah. you have to waive somebody. It would it, it, the the money would work if you included um, DD going out, too. or maybe Naji. Yeah, Naji. Yeah, know. you said Naji. It doesn't. Yeah, it, because you're not playing Naji either. So if you're just giving up guys who aren't playing, and you get one guy back who will play for you, who will give you 20 minutes a night, 20 plus minutes a night, and give you solid point guard play, which is as you said, these are the worst guards in the NBA. But we also know that this is a team that if defensively, if they can stay in it and with Brandon Ingram on the court, they're nearly a 500 team. If they just had slightly more competent guard play and Ingram doesn't get hurt anymore, mm-hmm. you, you'd figure that's enough to get you into the plan. You know what? Their defenses, guys, I was looking at this morning. Offenses suck. But I, I was curious because Willie Green likes to look through uh, – the uh, spectrum of every 10 games, right? So we just oh, finished the, the fifth 20, one. God. The defense over the last 10 games ranking fifth in the NBA. That that's shocked me because I didn't expect that. Let's see, I, I, we've seen it though. We've seen so many since December. Yeah, but so I think many, the sense yeah. that the Pelicans defense has been that on point, right? Over the last month. Because I just I guess I've been looking at too much of the results because you know teams they have not been Regularly, I think the biggest difference this year is teams are not banging threes like they used to against the Pelicans. Yeah, I mean, the, biggest thing, the Pelicans' record the past like ten games or so is the fact that they can't they can't they throw a rock in the ocean. And, no, and exactly. And the thing is, is that they're still in the games shooting fifteen and twenty percent behind the arc because they're defending. Right. They're just right, stupid exactly. because there's no reason for the them to ever that shoot good. That's all. 34, point, 34 threes. There's no reason for this team. To ever shoot 34 three pointers doesn't make any sense. I don't Which is a good lead in for the, my trade idea uh-huh. for adding you instant have, offense. Yes. And it all depends on how Minnesota views Malik Beasley. I mean, that's my target. And I'm hoping that Pelicans could just absorb him with their Stephen Adams trade exception because I think he's making about 14 and a half or so million dollars. He's still <laughs> got another couple of years after that. Um, and, you know, he seems like he's a guy on the outs with Minnesota. He's having a down year. They now prefer giving minutes to Jalen Noel. And we've seen Minnesota a couple times and we noticed that. And I just feel like Beasley is just taking up too much of their cap to where maybe they'd want to move him and then be a cap space team this summer. Because if you cut him out, I want to say they could open up north of easily north of 20 million. And so if you've got a good team and they're obviously headed for at least a playing tournament, maybe even getting the playoffs. And then you could add like a legitimate piece in the summer by honestly cutting bait with Malik Beasley now. So I'd be curious to pursue that. Send them, you know, I, of course it comes down to what kind of pick they would want in return. And I think couldn't come up in my mind what would be equal. Like what would you guys think is fair for both sides? That, that's where I struggled on that one. What, would it have to be a pick? first outright or could be protected? Uh, I, mean, I don't think he's, they... He's a not a first? <laughs> a first? Hey, Malik Beasley before this year, hell of a three-point shooter. I mean, True, but a first? Before this, he was right around 40% just about every damn year. It'd have to be a conditional first. If you're talking about a first, it's got to be a conditional. Like you can't be a lottery man. first. Like, it's got to be lottery protected. You think yeah. so? You think you yeah. have much protection? Yeah. Because, I mean, I'd still give him a player. Give him a player. Let him have Well, it all somebody. depends on what they want. But I, I would definitely ask him about Malik Beasley, though, for sure. I mean, sure. Sure. I mean, I, I don't, it's not unreasonable to ask, but I think a first, like, let, let's talk about that before we get to the first round pick. Like, let's have a conversation, Minnesota, before we start putting first round picks on the table. Because if you're helping them by taking that salary off the table, why am I going to help them twice 
by giving him up first. You're not helping because another team would come around and say, oh, he's a serviceable rotation player at a minimum. I mean, he's a guy that can How many shoot. teams have $15 million right now to take him on? Well, then they send salary back to them. I'm just saying for us, we can just yeah, absorb the, it without I mean, like We're like, trying to avoid saying out a player, right, for the most part. A good like one. Malik Beasley, to me, is kind of the, the step where the Pelicans, like Minnesota finds a way to trade for Ben Simmons, and they have to send out enough salary. So the Pelicans mm-hmm. say, hey, we'll accept Beasley into our – you know, into trade our exception. our trade exception. And then in order to make sure that you can get the Ben Simmons deal done, we're Very sending true. this reasonably heavily protected, you know, first round pick to Philadelphia. Um, so like that, that I think maybe would be the path because I don't think Philadelphia would have much appetite for his salary either. Um, but yeah. I mean, he's been terrible this year. <laughs> uh, that's yeah, why. But again, just look at the circumstances. He all of a sudden isn't getting the shots he was used to, the role, everything, right? They just pulled out the rug from under him. So you got to think he's just one of those disgruntled guys. They pulled the rug out old. from under him. They got, they got better basketball players. That's you know I mean, I, gotta, I ain't got to feel sympathy for him. This business. I'm not talking about business. sympathy. I'm talking about opportunity. I think there's a good, decently good player still here. And he's just because of circumstance. Anthony Edwards and DeAndre Russell, they're soaking up all the minutes at, at the guard position. So where does it leave Beasley? Nowhere. Oh, I'm just saying I'm trying to t- if I'm if I'm if I want Beasley, I'm not going to Minnesota and acting like he's good. I'm going with them with all this stuff and being like, look, this dude fell off. You know, like Fish is saying, it's like you gotta that's the approach I'm taking in negotiations. It's like I'm I'm doing you a solid here. I'm taking this guy off your hands, I'm freeing up minutes for you. We need some you, look at our guards, they're shitty. Uh, please give us that. <laughs> and, and I mean, like, do us a, like, that's the way I would approach it. I'm not like, hey, we want Malik Beasley. What's it going to take? That's not what yeah. I, that's not how I would do it. I, I mean, that would be a perfect slot where you're trying to send out, um, like, Nikhil. Like, yes. a yeah, slot for Nikhil where you're telling them, you know, we're saving you a bunch of money and hopefully in the process they're making some other kind of trade. Mm-hmm. And so we're giving, we'll take your highly paid, volume shooter that hopefully will get back to his more efficient numbers and you can have our extremely unefficient chucker and hopefully in a smaller role he can clean up his act and, and he's get his head out of his ass guy and, you know. and chris finch has familiarity with nas i'd be curious if he actually likes him right that's yeah that, that could that, matter that definitely i think could matter because if Chris Anyways, that was mine. That was an easy one. Oh, by the way, guys, were we going to do two each? Because we had talked about that before. I mean, if you've or got you? another one, go ahead. I, I've got a, I've got a better one. Um, Let me talk right, about that real quick, though. I, I haven't talked about that one yet. Yeah, Kevin's, uh, yeah, Kevin. I would just say, first off, when it comes to Minnesota, I'm so sad that they never made the move for Jared Vanderbilt that I wanted the Pelicans to make so long ago. He looked so great for them, um, but. I don't. I wouldn't do that trade. If I was going to do that trade, I would just try to get Buddy Healed instead because I don't think it would cost that much more to get Buddy Healed, and at least I know he's going to knock down shots. Buddy Healed's making how much more than Beasley, though? That's the problem. Is he making that much more? He he he's making so much more. Buddy's making twenty plus. Beasley's making fourteen five this year. What's Buddy? I thought I thought Beasley was closer to twenty. No, No, Beasley at the end of his deal is at sixteen and a half. His oh, okay. last year is an option year, and it's at 16 and a half. Kevin, Buddy's making 23 this year. Yeah, see, but I was, I was under the impression. For some reason, I thought that uh, Beasley was making close to 20. No, next year, Beasley makes 15 and a half, and then last year's 16 and a half. But that's if um, well, that's a team option, so I still you know, don't Pelicans like could decline. Oh, I'm, I, 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 I'm, I'm out on Beasley. I'm just, I'm just giving you the numbers, that's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three-point three shooter, Kevin. You're saying no to it. Yeah. Show me, show me his three point numbers, Ollie. I told you, look it up before he's this year. Thirty four percent this year. He's about forty. What's he has a career? What, what's he for his career? He's at about forty. He's about a forty percent. Yeah, no, I know. I used career. to like him. I just kind of feel like he's kind of, I don't know. You get, you get that feeling with a guy when he like sort of loses loses it a little bit, and especially when there's like some off the court stuff that like kind of like, I don't know. It just feels like he's like not there. 
fully anymore. You know how quickly he would bounce back with some loving from Alvarado, Hernan Gomez. I mean, several. Of the I mean, other you guys. could be right. He's the most improved player over the last last thirty games. <laughs> the, the, the concerning part is the fact that he's on a team that's like decent and good right now, and he's in the midst of his worst season. Like he's right. finally in a situation where, like, if if you were the kind of guy you want to bring into your culture. Hey, you're winning and you you're you're really buying in and shots falling and everything's going. And instead it's like, oh, your team's winning and stuff, but your role's kind of shrunk down. And so now you you're you're pouting, you're struggling with the shot. Like that's that's not the guy I want on the team. All he needs is a fresh, fresh, I don't know, new outlook. Right. Well, <laughs> we, we must move on because it is already approaching the top of the hour. So if we have a secondary deal. We can't go into as much depth. We'll just, just you guys say the names, you know, okay. the destination, and then we will um, go through quickly on our yays and nays. Let, let me just jump in because it's kind of in a similar vein, but I think it's um, somebody that the Pelicans would. This is a trade I, I, I believe the Pelicans would do, um, which is accepting Norman Powell into the trade exception and sending out um, a young guy, uh, probably Jackson Hayes, um, possibly a pick. Um, the Pelicans do it because Norm Powell is signed for the next four years. He's a good shooter. Um, he's a defender and the Blazers do that because they get some assets and they get under the tax bill, um, because their owners being cheap. I say, yay. Yeah. Kevin? I like it. I like it. Ollie. I like it, but I just, I think they'll want something for him because there's real value there in that contract and the player. Yeah, but you, more they, than what, their biggest problem though is they can't overvalue every, they can't hold on to everybody because they're gonna have a high price for CJ. They can't at the and a high price for Dane, in the summer and a high you price for price in the summer. Well, I'm just saying, like they have to determine somebody's gotta go. And at some point you can't get all the assets. They're not Portland's not in that position, I don't think. But here's my <laughs> thing is if you want if Dame is staying, then I'm keeping um Norman Powell, but I'm trading CJ McCollum. Because you've got Anthony Simons. See what CJ fetches you. Norman Powell, Fish just said what he's sending. They're not going to be jumping all over that. The first, I mean, I'm I'm saying like you'd send probably like that same kind of first round pick for it. Like it's going to cost you and Jackson. Um, I mean, but- I'd give, give him an un, unprotected first because a first you should be getting out of the lottery. Like yeah. if you take on Norm Powell, you better be out of the lottery. So I could give, I'd give them an unprotected first. And then, I mean, the way I'm looking at it is essentially like you're just, I mean, you can, you can get a, a budget older model, Jackson Hayes. There, there are plenty of those guys out there available. Um, but Norm Powell, now you have seven dudes, like you have seven guys when Zion's healthy that you can roll out there and you have enough guys that you can hopefully weather the times where you're not at a hundred percent because you're going to have, you know, the starting five you have now, and then you add Norm Powell and Zion to that mix. That's that's seven guys. That's that's the that's the foundation of a real um, playoff rotation. I agree. No, Norm Powell's a real player, man. I loved him in Toronto. I, I think we've all talked about him even on previous podcasts. I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ali, you got a second, or Kevin, you got another? One? Yeah, I was going to say another guy. I mean, I don't think we can get him because I think. Uh, like a, a contender or or a like stronger playoff team will make a stronger push for him than we'll, we'll be able to. And it wouldn't make sense for us to go super hard into him, but it's TJ McConnell, you know, if you could get him for like a first round pick or something, uh, I would do that deal. Cause obviously we need a point guard. Wait, TJ McConnell, when we have Jose Alvarado, you need two point guards. Ali Jose Alvarado can't play 48 minutes. Again. And you're sending a first for TJ. Damn. What do you like about him? And you hate Beasley so much. <laughs> he's cheaper and he's a point guard, which is our biggest need. Yeah, but he's not a starter, I don't think, in this league. You need a legit starter. I don't know. Dude, that would be uh, fun. There's not a Let's starter out there available. Oh, would be fun. Yeah, point, yeah, Fish is starter, right about that. Starter yeah. point guards um, aren't available. No, they're you're under up, contract. Like, you end up with an Alfred Payton coming back or something like that, and that ain't going to do it. No, but that would be fun. Like, can you imagine just – how annoying it would be to play the Pelicans when you know at all times either McConnell or Alvarado is going to be picking you up full court. 
Oh, no doubt. And Kevin, I don't mean to shoot you completely down because you were uh, you were not on a podcast where Fish and Grubb and I did one, and I actually mentioned McConnell as a trade target for a small and then for a big uh, Chris Boucher. So yeah, no, I, I, I like him. I, I like him. You just surprised me because Alvarado's come out of nowhere since then. Well, no, I mean, like I said, he can't play 48 minutes, and then there's injuries, there's whatever, you know, and he's also an undrafted rookie, so who knows if he's going to, like, crash and burn. I don't think he will, but he could, you know. Um, So, and also I think McConnell's contract is fine, and if, you know, Jose proves to be who we think he is and there's some other bigger name that comes in to really be the real starting point guard at some point available, then – Jose's easy to, I mean, sorry, TJ's easy to package into a trade for a bigger piece or just trade individually later on. You know, I think Who it's not really like. I got a question for you, Kev, real quick. Would you rather yeah. have TJ McConnell for a first or um, Karis Levert for a first and say Nikhil or Jackson? Oh. Indiana's going to be selling, but I'd rather chase yeah. Levert by a mile. I don't know. Like Somebody. I said last time, I I love Levert, but I'm just so worried about his health long term. And then uh, he's like McConnell's more of a real point guard. McConnell's uh, hurt right now. Just to let you know. Yeah, I know. But the uh, Levert is also um, uh, he's not the best outside shooter. He no, he's definitely not. He has he's streaky. He comes, you know, he has his moments. I thought he was going to be a really good outside shooter coming in from college, but it hasn't really translated. Um, but I love that he attacks the rim. But I think with uh, you know Jose's attacking the rim now, which we didn't have anybody putting pressure before. Um, I don't know. I just I I as much as I love Levert, I think I lean more towards TJ. I think wow. he's easier okay. to move later on and uh, really addresses more of a primary need. All right. Um, uh, uh, anybody else? Ali? Yeah. It, what's crazy is I had Harrison Bards last week. And then, of course, the news comes out they're interested. Now I don't feel like even talking about him. But I will say he could be like movable salary for the Pels if you take him on now. And mm-hmm. um, all it would require, right, is sending out Sato and uh, Jackson Hayes and, I guess, a, you know, protect a first-rounder, maybe even a, a full first-rounder. And you have, a, you know, a legitimate forward in this league that can give you a lot of time at the four. Like I said, Harry had me at Jackson Sato. Denver's wanted him. Utah wants him now. So I feel like he, you could move him if you need to uh, later. You had me at Jackson Sato. <laughs> Okay. Um, you know, I, I I don't disagree with anything you said. I just like I'm starting to really worry about and even though I also just said, you know, I'd rather have Buddy Heald than uh than Malik Beasley, but I'm just really worried about adding guys from the Kings. You know, they have all these talented players, players with clear talent, and they just seem to be terrible intangible guys because they can't put it together. They they just I don't know. It just feels like we're adding more untapped potential that doesn't lead to winning. And not so worried about our three four rotation anymore. You know, if if wins Zion back, that's good. Uh, You know, Josh Hart can obviously play the three. We have an all star uh, player in Brandon Ingram. We have Herb Jones now. You can you know Trey Murphy looked good the other night. You want to get him minutes. Uh, So. Like I'm, I'm not so into adding Harrison Barnes, and I've never been a huge Harrison Barnes fan. Though I know he's a Me good neither. basketball player, I just aesthetically mm-hmm. I don't really like his game much. Um, and but what you said is true. Other people want him, so having an asset and stopgap is fine. Um, but I wouldn't be excited about that trade. No. The mm-hmm. the best thing about Harrison Barnes is like the last four years he's forty percent from three right. on five attempts. Like, and he can, we've seen it up close many nights when he gets in the corner and has had five, six, three point nights against the Pelicans. Um, so, um, there is, I think he is, again, he's serviceable. He certainly wouldn't be talent wise somebody that I would say couldn't help this team. Um, but yeah, you always, I do, I do have reservations of taking guys who are at his age of being 30 in the league and are kind of okay with being on a losing team. 
Because I mean, like he was he's been with Sacramento for a minute and he yeah. could have left. And it's like you 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 played yeah, for a championship not... in Golden State. Like, what are you what are you doing? It's always that's always bothered me about Harrison Barnes. When he came in the league, that bothered me about him because everybody at North I Carolina hear he's a like, real pro though. I mean, I'm not gonna shoot this guy down and say he's just out there for the paycheck. I don't Oh believe no, that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, is he a I think he's just that's a true all, pro and he doesn't complain about it. I don't. I don't think he complains about situation. It's a very I like short term deal. He's done next year. So, I mean, it's eighteen point four next year, and then he's done. Yeah. Oh, then he's. I, I, okay. Yeah. So I mean, you're only at, you're you're trading him for the rest of this year, and then he's an expiring contract next year. Now you right. say, you know, then we can have that to you know, try to make a bigger move. I guess right. maybe that's how the Pelicans would sell themselves on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I still think when we're just talking generally about what the Pelicans are going to do, they're going to chase these guard targets and they're probably going to strike out. And mm-hmm. I think the Pelican, the Pelicans, it, it sucks to say that, but I think Pelicans fans need to be prepared that it's going to feel like Danny ages are, um, is our GM, and we're just going to hear about all the deals that they almost did. And I think people got mad at me today when I said, you know, don't mistake activity for achievement. I, yeah, it's it's just like the offseason. Yeah, you, just because you keep hearing that the Pelicans are interested in or involved with, that doesn't mean they have a legitimate chance. It well, that's the scary that part, right? What we talked about, <laughs> talked about amongst ourselves. When there's this much noise, to me, that screams deals are dead. Right. That's when the chatter starts happening about stuff when it's probably not going to happen now. Yeah. Usually when you hear a team is the most active at the deadline, it means they're desperate. And it's not like I don't I've not seen that unless you're a team that's a championship contender and you're able to go grab that piece. If you're a bad team and you're you're the very active at the deadline, what again, what do the Pelicans have to offer to get significantly better unless they're going to crazy overpay? or make a very bad decision. Yeah. Fish, what were you going to say, man? No, I, I think Grubb just nailed it on the head. Um, there, I, I see two reasonable outcomes in the next week. One, the Pelicans try, but they also want to try to win the trade, and thus they don't make the trade. Or Griffin gets to the point that he's really panicking, and he makes a panic trade where he overpays because that's the only way that he's going to get somebody to say yes. And you're going to be like, wait, we just traded three first round picks for CJ McCollum or something ridiculous like that. Kevin, any last thoughts? No, I mean, just like just to make an analogy of it is if you go to the bar and buy every girl in the bar a drink doesn't mean you had a good night if none of them go home with you. You know what I mean? Like, that's just kind of like how it how it is you know like we're we're in all these conversations but i agree i mean i don't think i don't think we have the assets to get those big things done without extremely overpaying and i don't think we have the foresight to actually make the small around the moves thing that would not only help your team now but sort of help develop the young guys that are still here as well yeah and that's great point to finish on i feel like at least with me would it be the worst thing in the world just to basically not do anything? And all of a sudden your guys still keep getting those opportunities. And all of a sudden either say just at least one of Nikhil or Jackson really finishes the year strong and suddenly his trade value goes up. I think that'd be great. I'm hoping that Jackson Hayes is building that trade value now in the Pelicans front office isn't just smelling their farts in there and being like, man, look at how smart we were drafting him. I don't think a few games of it, will change their minds. I honestly don't. They've seen him in practice for two, two plus, well, two and a half plus years. And I don't think he just fits the culture here. I, I just don't. He doesn't get it. I don't understand why he's still yelling at refs. I don't understand. Yes. That's a, I mean, it's, it's insane, right? Yeah. I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. He never, it's, you haven't earned anything in the league, not even the respect of the officials to, to hear you. Like, because who are you, Jackson Hayes, to be yelling at any official? Who are you? I've watched you foul out in eight minutes. Who are you? Yeah, and listeners, I, I just want them to know because they sometimes think we're way hard on him because I see it in the comments all the time. And the thing is, yes, 
he's got all the ability in the world, but what we're saying is we don't believe he's going to fulfill it and he's not showing the signs behind the scenes. Right. So that's why we're, yeah, I, I feel I like kind of out on him. Chase Budinger. He's, he's the black chase Budinger. He's got all the athletic ability in the world, but does he want to, is he a ball player or does he like being in the NBA? And it just feels like Jax likes being in the NBA that being a ball player is a guy who goes to the, the hardwood, you know, mm-hmm. goes to the blacktop when they, and just plays because they want to play. I don't imagine a world where Jackson is just balling with people, you know what I mean? Like going to the to the to the nearest gym and being like, I'm just gonna go ball today. Mm-hmm. I don't see that in him. I agree, yeah. All right. Uh well, I think we've covered it all. Um, and we will of course be back to do this again, uh, certainly right as we get to the trade deadline. Um or if yeah, once the rumors start building up, maybe we should do one then. Who knows? Or one Zion announcement. Hopefully, yeah. fingers crossed comes. If we get anything on his health, if we get anything, if there is a trade that happens, uh, we'll certainly react to it quickly. Um, but in the meantime, and for Kevin Barrios, for David Fisher, for Ali Cosell, I am David Grubb. And this has been The Bird Calls in the words of our friend, Preston Ellis. Let's go, Bells. listening to the bird calls on the armchair all-american network if you like what you're hearing please take a moment to rate us on itunes retweet share with your friends and most importantly subscribe today